and two Sipping and roasting is what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all Sounds like a party, about welcome, to ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally as the world famous Smoking and Toasting. We are uh, bringing you today program number 310, 310. So, mathematically speaking, that's uh, right about the halfway point to, to uh, 333. You're absolutely right, and uh, thank you for doing the math. I appreciate that because I don't Anytime. like I don't like to have to do the math. <laughs> yeah, um, on today's show, we'll be uh, continuing to talk about the best cigars, but also about the best whiskey of 2022. Now that we're sticking our uh, toe into the water of 2023, we're uh, mm-hmm. excited to talk about uh, some of the lists that are coming out that are going to tell us all about what the experts or the authorities or just some people have picked <laughs> as the best, uh, not only whiskey, but cigars. Uh, for cigars, we've already done the cigar aficionado list, uh, but we have the cigar snob list of the top cigars of twenty twenty two. And I love Cigar Snob magazine. You've been teasing one for the last couple of weeks too mm-hmm. about uh Texas. Yes, this is this one's about beer. Uh, uh beer, yes. Yes. This this is uh uh beer snobs pick the best Texas beers. And I do want to try to get to that uh, yeah, today as well. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm totally curious. I haven't yep. looked it up, but yep. I'm like, we got to talk about that. Yep. So lots to get to. <clears throat> Plus, as if that wasn't enough, we'll debunk the whole dry January thing. You've heard about dry January, right? Where people, uh, after the, you know, the revelry of the holidays and maybe drinking a little more than they normally do, they decide to go for dry January and not drink at all in the month of January. That this kind of give their liver a chance to dry out and what have you. We're going to debunk that whole thing. I have thing. no idea what you're yeah. even talking we're, about. Yeah, we're going to debunk that whole thing. <laughs> like these words on like the program individually today. make sense, but when you put them together, I don't get it. <laughs> exactly. I understand what you're saying. I do. I do. And as if all of that wasn't enough, we'll tell you today about the Sour Toe Cocktail. It is real. The Sour Toe? The Sour Toe Cocktail. Okay. All right, so that's real. And that's not even drinking news. <laughs> we have, uh, we have of course, drinking news. The uh, most popular segment on the program will be coming up a little bit later on, but we do have your uh, drinking news teaser headline for you, and it is... Pull up to the bumper, baby. All right, so we'll get there as well. So uh, there's really a lot going on today, and we're excited to be in the studio. And uh, we have a great uh, lineup of guests coming together for the remainder of the month and uh, on into 2023. But uh, today it's just you and me, and we're going to talk a lot of lists and uh, do a lot of tasting. We'll be tasting. Uh, I know you've had this before, but they've completely redesigned the can. As far as I know, the beer is the same. Uh, but Oscar Blues, which is a great brewery, uh, they're located in Longmont, Colorado. They also have a brewery in Austin I've now, been to Austin, that Texas. One in Austin. It's very uh, nice. They have the Mama's Little Yellow Pills. It's their Pilsner, and uh, uh, if it's anything like the one I had before, and they haven't changed it, it's going to be fantastic. Yes. And uh, if, I mean, well, if they so did change it, we need Does to it know. taste great? Out of a different can. Yeah. Because right. if you ask uh, companies like uh, Budweiser mm-hmm. and Miller, then sometimes yeah, they change the, the can, label. The can or the label or the uh, the, the, the mountains turning blue will mm-hmm. have a severe effect on the taste. Now, I have to tell you, the one on the mountains turning blue versus they're not blue does have a severe 
effect on the taste. Oh, yeah, you're right about that. If, um, if those mountains aren't blue. You, oh, yeah, yeah, run away. <laughs> run away. <laughs> We're also going to, uh, speaking of, uh, of different design cans, Six Point Brewery, they're the ones that use those really tall uh, cans like Michelob Ultra comes in or Seltzer's. You ever watch yeah. Kids in the Hall? Oh, yeah, I love Kids in the Hall. They had a skit run that away. was hilarious at one time <laughs> called uh, Girl Drink Drunk. Oh, I don't remember that one. I don't know why having the uh, having the uh, uh, having the the seltzer looking can for mm-hmm. the beer makes me think of that of that skit. <laughs> like, I, I like love if kids you had a, if you had a koozie for it, it would just look like you're drinking a seltzer. Yeah, and right. you fit in with that party. If but you're but does a koozie even fit one of those? A koozie. You can buy koozies though. for those oh, cans okay. specifically for go. those cans now. Well, in one of those cans, uh, but from Six Point Brewery because that's the kind of cans they use, just to be different, I guess. Uh, we'll be trying their hazy IPA called Anti Resin. So this sounds like something you might like because you don't like the resinous. Maybe we'll see. So so we'll see. Uh, they are from Brooklyn, New York, of course, and then from the Shoots Brewery, their Whiskey Butte Porter. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. So you've had the Butte Porter. This one is the Black Butte Porter. The Black Butte, is yes, outstanding. Right. So and this it's, is it's been going on for a while. This, this is, is really that, good. but it's been aged in whiskey barrels. So yeah, I'm pretty, pretty excited, excited about, about, that, uh, yeah. about trying this. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be good. So all of that, lots of lists, uh, uh, cigars, and we talk about uh, whiskey. We'll be. Uh, uh, looking at the uh, 10 best bourbons of 2023 on today's show. So uh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, you know, one of the one of my absolute favorite bourbons mm-hmm. is the one that I have in my hand. Yeah, uh, I understand this. And you don't have one in your hand now. I know, so, so I don't have a favorite at yeah, the moment. At the moment, <laughs> at the moment you're very susceptible right. to uh, uh, to encouragement and information. Right. All right, well, we'll try to fix that because we're going to be uh, trying some Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey on the program Ooh, today. It looks good, too. It's the Basil Hayden Toast. And this is, you're absolutely right, this is a great-looking uh, bottle. I'm gonna just yeah, the bottle looks off. killer. Um, yeah. And I, I got to be honest, I'm a fan of Basil Hayden. Basil Hayden at a medium price point, usually 40-ish, mm-hmm. is um, 40, 40. I think it's gone up a little bit recently. Yeah, this but, uh, one's a little more than that, but uh, not yeah, too much. Yeah. But uh, the, the standard Basil Hayden is so good, and it's such a such a nice uh, drink of whiskey. And I think that it gets overlooked a bit because of its ubiquitousness. It's it's mm-hmm. always there, but it's always find great. It. Yep. Yep. Uh, but uh, And we threatened this one a while back. I remember one time me and you were shopping for a whiskey for this show. Yeah, and that and was one of the ones we picked we up. We had this in our hand, mm-hmm. and then we decided, I think, to get the... Uh, the, the rabbit hole, the rabbit one, hole, which was so which good. was also fantastic. Yeah. So I'm so excited yeah. to see this in here and yeah. uh, try it out. Yep, so we'll um, be we'll be trying it out on this very program, ladies and gentlemen. On this very program, so, right here, right now. Yeah, so we're really excited about that. So uh, I know we've had a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, we had a couple of weeks off, then we came back in and did the show last week. But uh, I I would assume that you're kind of getting back into the groove of January. Maybe you've had the bit. opportunity to uh, you know smoke something interesting. Oh, I, I did. I did. Uh, I had a so, feeling. Earlier today, I stopped at Casa. I love mm-hmm. that place. It's on the yes. way here. Mm-hmm. Although I found another uh, lounge that's pretty nice, too. It's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. too far out of the way from here. I may, mm-hmm. uh, may explore that next week. Okay. Um, I just, you know, there's something nice about going to a cigar lounge and sitting there and doing the review because because it's less distractions. Now, that being said, I've gone to Casa enough times to where Tony and a few of the other guys there, you know, mm-hmm. we walk in, we always have a big discussion. But, right. um, and they're, and it's so much fun. But uh, but it's nice to just get away and go, this is all I have to do right now is is think about the mm-hmm. cigar. And that's a nice mm-hmm. way to review it, I think. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I went by there earlier today and I picked up the new, the shiny 
the uh i can't believe i have this in my hand ep carrillo allegiance oh here we go have you heard of this yet i have yeah so i, I smoked up, one though i picked up the wingman size now mm. i have i have one in my humidor that i picked up uh last week uh and i meant to smoke it and it's the uh the smaller uh the smallest size that they make in this right which is still not very small but i picked up the wingman this time this is a six and seven eighths by 54 uh they call it a i think a double corona but um if you ask me or uh yeah something like that but if you uh if you ask me that's almost a, you're getting close to a churchill at that point mm -hmm. i think a churchill yeah. is seven inches right right, right. but uh anyways a pretty big cigar and i thought you know what i've got a little time because i got there with a couple hours to spare and I figure if I can't smoke a cigar in a couple hours, then apparently I'm smoking a JFR lunatic. Um, <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> right. Yeah, good but know. anyway, so I picked it up. Uh, this is actually made and is is kind of a collaboration with Oliva. Mm. And so uh, I, I don't know how you feel about Oliva cigars, but uh, I freaking love them. Yeah, you know, I'm, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm so good. My position on Oliva cigars is yes. Yeah, so here's the thing. I'm a fan of both of these companies big time. Oliva mm -hmm. uh and EPC make great cigars. So this was this was a no-brainer for me, you yep, know. Yep. Uh Ecuadorian Sumatra seed wrapper, um binders Nicaragua and fillers Nicaragua. Uh, so we're already making some assumptions about what it's going to taste mm -hmm, like, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the appearance on this ruddy brown, kind of that reddish, uh, reddish brown um, uh, wrapper on it with a soft box press on it, uh, semi rustic overall veiny. Uh, it has the EPC band and next and in green and gold, and um, then it has an Allegiance band right underneath it, uh, and a green like silk looking footer on mm. it's a real pretty cigar. Yeah. You'll see it in the picture right here. Um, the uh, the feel overall was pretty firm. It felt really, really uh, well-constructed overall. The prelate sniff on this earth and sweet coffee, barnyard and fermented hay with a kiss of leather. That's what I got right off the nose. Mm. I used a punch on the prelate draw. I used a punch. I got a very light draw to it. Uh, not effortless, but with a little bit of uh, resistance, which is nice. That's kind of where mm -hmm. I like it. I like mm -hmm. a light to a medium draw overall if, uh, if I have my preference. Sweet earth and leather, red pepper, and an undefin undefinable unidentifiable sorry I, I got lost in the syllables there uh unidentifiable chemical note going on mm, like chemical like is chemical, not like yeah. not necessarily bad but just kind of like a chemically note chemicals between us yes yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> so uh the initial uh light on this I got a full-on Nicaraguan pepper breeze. Breeze. Yes, it wasn't really a blast. Yeah, yeah, it was more like it wafted. It was a, it was a yeah. Nicaraguan pepper breeze. Blasts don't waft. <laughs> right. This one wafted. No, is, you know how long it took me to come up with what it was That's when it good. wasn't a blast? I like it. I like it. I I like it's it. a breeze. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I got this Nicaraguan pepper breeze. Um, and that's like uh, that's like the Nicaraguan pepper blast song done by uh, uh, ABBA, maybe, mm -hmm. or uh, Toto, or something like that. You know, a little on the lighter side. Seals and Crofts. Seals maybe. and Crofts. Nicaraguan yeah. pepper breeze <laughs> makes me feel fine. <laughs> I don't know. I hate that song. I, I really do. There's very few songs out there that I just absolutely despise. But there's something about that. Beer, 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 beer. I just hate it. I actually like that song, but I'll tell you, I understand where you're coming from because yeah. um, what's that Mungo Jerry song that just makes oh, me want to in choke In the summertime? Or, oh, or, my or, God. Uh, that's the one. <laughs> in the summertime. 
It's so bad. Uh, that one and Dancing in the Moonlight. Like, I don't know what oh, it is yeah. about those two songs. Like, uh, yeah, they're so they're so bad. Anyway, and for all you out there who go, I kind of like that song. Just read the lyrics once, okay? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> just once. Just read the lyrics, and you'll. Uh, it's, and it's as far so as Seals and Crofts, I got one word for you. <laughs> you sound kind of like it. I thought, I, know, I, was, I, know. thought it was in there with the little. Uh, what, what is it? Is it a clavinet? What, I, don't I don't know, know what it is. Uh, the uh, the Nicaraguan pepper breeze, which started this, started this whole thing. This whole yeah. thing. <laughs> a rich, dense smoke delivers black pepper and cinnamon, earths, uh, coffee, leather, and an underlying sweetness. Uh, retrohale is peppery and sweet. The first third of the cigar is sweet and earthy, followed by light cayenne and red pepper. Notes of cedar, leather, tea leaf, citrus, and a mineral taste mm -mm. Uh, tease the palate in no specific order. Retrohale is spicy and nutty, solid ash, razor burn. Mm. I mean, this burn was, like, beyond perfect, perfect yeah. on that yeah. first third. Yeah. The uh, second third of the cigar, nutty flavors begin to appear and begin to define the underlying sweetness, kind of a sweet nutty flavor going on there. The cayenne remains, white pepper replaces the red pepper uh, notes in there. Uh, it kind of moved from the center of the palate to the back of the palate like that white pepper does. Yep, yep. Uh, kind of thing. Coffee and rich floral impressions are abundant in the exceptionally abundant smoke. I didn't realize I used abundant twice. And as a matter of fact, they're directly above each other in my notes. And, and not only... Did you use it twice? But the second time, it was exceptionally abundant. That's right. That's that's a lot of abundance. That's a lot of abundance. <laughs> I need to work on my sentence structure. <laughs> um, Retro hill is nutty and woody, and uh, with some spice, solid ash, and the burn uh, got downgraded to perfect. Oh, okay. Because uh, it, it wasn't was razor tight. Was it was just, just merely perfect, perfect okay. at this point. Gotcha. The uh, when the you last get downgraded to perfect, you're still doing all perfect. right. <laughs> Um, the uh, last third of the citrus and tea leaf take charge and change the flavor palette substantially, giving it a tangy and spicy profile. Nuttiness and underlying sweetness remain. Mineral notes are more prominent as well. Retrohale is uh, nutty and woody with some spice, solid ash, perfect burn. Uh, this cigar, uh, the smaller version, this is $12. This one was $13. And then there's a, a Churchill version of this uh, that's... Fourteen dollars. This was thirteen dollars, and that's, and I that's a bit. smoked that thing for about an hour and twenty to almost an hour and thirty minutes. This is good. I love the ride the whole entire time. I give it a five point five. Oh, nice. Very. It gives nice. a five point five because I love the <coughs> flavor shift that happens at thirteen dollars. So that's at thirteen dollars. Yeah. So it's it's punching pretty hard on that man. EPC does it again. They did it with uh, Oliva this time, and I love both of those companies. It's a great cigar. Highly recommend. Great stuff. I want to talk to you today about uh, the My Father, Jaime Garcia Reserva Especial the Toro. Um, the man who refers to Don Pepin Garcia, cigar maker extraordinaire, as my father is Jaime Garcia. He has been an integral member of the Garcia family business yeah. and My Father Cigars for uh, really most of his life. About a decade ago, he blended a new cigar all on his own kind of his own pet project, mm -hmm. and he released it as part of the My Father line, and that is the cigar that I'm going to talk to you about uh, this week. Bit of a spoiler alert here. The Jaime Garcia is one of those cigars that just goes and ruins it for a lot of other cigar companies that want to release a good but not great cigar, put a fancy band on it and sell it for 10 12 or even 20 bucks. If it weren't for cigars like this one, you could probably get away with that. 
Not so fast, says my father. Slow down, Turbo. And their rebuttal to that idea is a hell of a stick. It's a 6x54 with a reasonably smooth medium brown wrapper, which is Connecticut Broadleaf, over Nicaraguan binder and fillers. I used a punch to get things started, and the pre-light sniff gave me notes of hickory wood, coffee, and a hint of chocolate. The wood was the most prevalent thing, uh, prevalent thing on the cold draw. Uh, I used a torch, and I lit the cigar up, expecting our old friend, the, the Nicaraguan, Nicaraguan Pepper, Pepper Blast. Blast. Yep. One day, songs will be sung about the NPB. There, there will come a time. One day, a song will be written about the NPB. Maybe there will be a song about writing a song about it. Today, all I can do is imagine that future melody and dream of a tomorrow where the song lives. <laughs> Lives in all of its infinite glory. But, yeah, there wasn't exactly an NPB. Now, I didn't have the forethought that you did to say it was a, what you say? A, a Nicar Nicaraguan pepper, pepper breeze. breeze. Yeah, but that's essentially <laughs> what it was. I'm not saying there was no pepper. It just wasn't a blast. In fact. Because I, mean, I thought <clears> about <throat> Nicaraguan pepper waft, but that's yeah. even, that's the next level yeah, down, right, I think, right. you know. Well, a breeze can waft, but waft can't necessarily yeah, be yeah. a breeze. Um, in fact, to be honest, though, I actually was a little disappointed in the Jaime Garcia Reserva Especial to start out with because I didn't actually get a whole lot of flavor at first. With a lot of Nicaraguan cigars, you get that NPB, and then once it settles down, That's there's still you... all this flavor, right? Yeah. And, and uh, But this one kind of, kind of started a little slow out of the gate, and I was like, ah, huh, very interesting. The cigar seemed to need a little while to warm up. Um, it wasn't unpleasant, just you know, not really very pronounced for the first half an inch or so. But when it kicked in, it did so with a wonderful flourish. I started getting coffee, some subtle pepper, and a leathery note. The pepper did pick up a little bit as it smoked, but never overwhelmed everything else on the flavor palette, uh, on the flavor profile, I should say. Uh, by the second third, I was getting tangy spices along with a distinct nuttiness. The coffee note kind of came and went, as did the intensity of the pepper, making the cigar seem really complex and kind of ever-changing and evolving. The Reserva Especial seemed to get better and better the longer I smoked it. Oh, you ever I have a cigar that. do yeah. that where you, you know, it starts out pretty good and then it says, this really is good. Yeah. It, man, this is this is very good. Oh my God, this cigar is great. This was the kind of progression uh, that I was going through. Um, it uh, started out pleasant enough, but it built to full-on delicious by the time I got to the final third. Leather, pepper, cocoa, toasted almonds, and a rich kind of tobacco sweetness played across the palate like a well-tuned symphony. Construction, by the way, was damn near perfect. Yeah, man. You my really, father. really could not ask for any better. And I found out, by the way, they use this special uh, thing when these cigars are rolled. They use they use a special treatment of the air something about i don't fully understand it but i just read a little bit about it that uh something about it causes the tobacco as they're rolling it to come together in such a way that it makes it more likely to burn oh, properly and apparently it is more expensive and time consuming to do it this way uh so again eight dollar cigar so let's wow. talk about this um honestly the cigar was fabulous and ian i have brought you one because I want oh. to see if you will get a similar result uh, when you Well, smoke I guess it. I know what we're talking about next week. So, I absolutely recommend the My Father Jaime Garcia Reserva Especial. Now, for the difficult part. 
the price to quality. Oh. This is a seven to eight dollar cigar. This is where the leather meets the road. Yep. If I were to give this a five, you know, get what you pay for, right? I'd then have to go back through all my varying cigar reviews on the show over the last three hundred or so episodes and take a lot of cigars I gave fives to down to about a three. <laughs> or at least a four, wow. right? This cigar kind of ruins it for most of the $10 to $12 smokes I've had that I rated a five, meaning you get what you pay for. So instead of doing it that way, I'm going to raise the bar instead. At eight bucks, I'd rate the My Father Jaime Garcia Reserva Especial Toro a seven. Woo, that's big. This is a really good cigar, and I'm going to be honest with you, I actually bought a box of them. And so when I sat down this morning to do my tasting notes, this is like the third one I've had from the box. Uh, I already knew I was loving it, but I hadn't sat down and really concentrated on the flavors and stuff. This is a great cigar. I mean, this is, for me, at 8 bucks. this is right in there with my favorite AJs that are at that price. And I'm, I'm really excited to be adding. Uh, that makes it that makes, makes me it feel a... like less of a fanboy because I'm not just like, oh, it's an AJ, <laughs> so I'm going to like it. Like this one, I, I, I've always liked my father. But honestly, this this holds up very well against the 11 and $12, my father's. Against the elites, even. Yes. As yes. A, so anyway, uh, the love, love the... when I discover something like this where you really get a larger bang for your buck. And I'd be real interested to see if you feel the same well, way eight, about it or if I just dollars a cigar, uh full pop on that makes for a pretty affordable box. It really too. does. And really that is does. not that's not a small, dainty little cigar. Yeah, no, as that's well. a, that's a really serious choice. It's a six by fifty-four. Yeah. And what I really uh what I really liked about this is that um it's it's good enough that I'm expecting that every cigar in this box is going to deliver this Just kind of like experience. That. Well, you know? I, you know, it's hard to go wrong with, with the My Father's cigars. Like that really old line, is. since really their is. inception, I remember when they first came out, what is this? And uh, and I tried one, and I was like, ooh, it's good. And every single time I've tried one since then, I mean, I've never had burn issues. I've never, right. had, never been disappointed. Now, I will tell you, I've had this cigar before a long time ago, and I don't really remember it. So I don't know whether... It just you know sometimes sometimes you you're just in the right place at the right time true true and it really like hits you but like I said it's the third one I've had from the box and all, you know, they've all hit me also strong. keep in mind that our cigar reviews and I use reviews in air quotes there mm-hmm. um, our cigar reviews are more like cigar experience uh, absolutely rather than you know uh, we're not rating it on a system of this gets a whole bunch of points we're rating right. it on our experience. And what its value is to us. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of a fun way to do it because we've had some cigars that we really liked that didn't get a very high review. Right. Because A, either they were expensive or B, mm-hmm. like in my case, should have got a different size or something right, like that. Right, you exactly. Know, like exactly. You know, so it's an interesting way to do it, I think. All right. All right. Let's uh, take a break because we have a lot to talk about on today's show. So we want to get back and get into it right away. We want to taste some Mama's Little Yellow Pills. Oh, yes. And we want to uh, start talking about the best cigars and whiskeys of 2022. So we'll be right back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 310. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer. Fine spirits and hand rolled cigars. I love those things. We do love all of those things. And you know when when your friends tell you something that's like, you know, comes across as totally unbelievable, and you're like, no way, right? Uh, and as soon as they tell you, you know they're full of it, right? There's no way right. what they're saying could actually be true. Uh, well, 
They swear on the mother's grave that it's true. You know it can't be. It just doesn't make any sense. And then, even though we've all got those friends that are constantly trying to BSs, right? Um, one of them looks at us and says, nope, it's actually true, and offers you some proof that this very strange thing they're claiming is actually true. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that there is a cocktail called the Sour Toe Cocktail. The Sour Toe And it cocktail. actually exists. They researched the uh, cocktail, and they found out that several different toes are used in the drinking of the Sour Toe Cocktail. You can even donate your own toe after your death to be used as garnish for future Sour Toe cocktails. One man lost his to uh, frostbite, another to gout. Both of them loaded, donated their toes to the cause. Uh, and this is from an article in USA Today. So this is not this is not from like the Onion, right? Wait a minute, like you're you're yeah. you're serious about this? So first, you pay for your shot of choice, right? So it can be whatever kind of shot you want the sour toe cocktail to be made with, whiskey or tequila or whatever. Then uh, you pay an extra $6 to one of the toe captains. These are the servers who administer the toe-filled drinks and go over the rules. And here are the rules. I, I, I'm not making this I, up because I, I, I couldn't make this up. Yeah. You must let the toe hit your lips, but no biting, chewing, or putting the toe in your mouth is allowed. Swallowing the toe would also land you with a fine of about $1,900. So you don't swallow the toe. You just drink the cocktail. It's had the 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 toe. So this is it. an actual toe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Like, so I don't know. Hold on, hold on. Before yeah. we even go any further on this, yeah, somebody had the mental acuity. Yeah, is, uh, you is can call it that. Yeah, you can uh, call it that. To think to themselves, you know what would make this shot better? A toe. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it was established in uh, 1973. Like I Newton, toe of Doug. <laughs> D uh, Dawson City in the Yukon is where this originated. It was established in 1973. It's a Dawson tr a City tradition, and it's exactly what it sounds like, an actual human toe that has been dehydrated and preserved in salt used to garnish a drink of your choice. The Sour Toe Cocktail. I, you can't make that up. <laughs> not only did I not make it up, you couldn't make it up. Why? I don't know. Like why? You know, like so. I, I've got some friends, and this is keep in mind. This is from out in the country. Yeah. And uh, and you know they'll make that like when when his mama made some gumbo. He's is really good. He goes, oh man, she put her toes all up in that. <laughs> you know, but that's a saying. That's, that's a not saying. An actual, that's not like she not actually actual put her toes toe. all up yeah. in there. Yeah. So I this is. I, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Uh, maybe we should just have a beer okay, and try the, to forget about here's the, the Here's the other crazy side of it, okay? Because not only did someone go, man, you know what would be a cool shot? Somebody went, you know what I'd like to order? <laughs> I, I just don't know. <laughs> this had to be some kind of drinking game gone wrong, don't you think? 
I mean, yeah, but would you drink it if I put a dehydrated toe in it? I got this toe I've been carrying around for years. <laughs> you thought it was weird when people carried around a rabbit's foot. <laughs> now they're carrying around a dehydrated toe. It's my lucky dehydrated toe. Oh, my God. I think I just need some some non-toe jam what is, mama's what little is yellow pills. happening here? Yeah. Uh, this is, hey, Oscar Blues, I'm sorry that we prefaced your uh, yeah. beer with a... Uh, yeah, with a uh, a sour toe cocktail the story. Sour toe cocktail. But this is this is a Bohemian Pilsner, so you know. I don't. I'm not. You know, I I love that it's Bohemian. Yeah. I'm not sure what technicalities make it Bohemian, but yeah. it is a beautiful thing. Mm. I've had this many many times. Uh, I love Dale's Pale Ale. I love mm -hmm. a lot of their stuff. They're um they're uh, uh the Chub um, old, old Chub. chub. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what a great little Scotch ale that is. This mm -hmm. is um. You know, four point seven is what it's coming in it's at. Just a they changed pilsner. the can though. The yep. can is so different. I'm a little taken aback. Yeah, it's a tasty pilsner though. So the question is, does it taste different because the can is different? Without the ability to a b it, I would say it does not taste different. It tastes great from what I remember because I remember liking it a lot, and I do like this quite a bit. This is crispy finish, malt forward, mm -hmm. um, not sweet. It's got a great little bitterness to it. This is a great Pilsner. I, I absolutely love Oscar Blues. Apparently, there's three of them. There's one in uh, yeah, there's, Brevard, North Carolina. Yeah, there's in North Carolina, and there's the Colorado. Yeah, and Longmont, Colorado, and Brevard, North Austin, Carolina, Texas. and Austin, Texas. I've all, been in one in Austin, man. All what like great, hip, hipster enclaves. Great, <laughs> where's, mm -hmm. the, where's the... Uh, uh, that's Portland, good. Oregon one. That's man. good. That's just so easy to drink too. Yeah, it's great. You know, you talk about you talk about going down smooth. That and I don't know about smooth. you, but like if I go to uh, like House of Blues here in town, mm -hmm. and you're gonna pay twelve to fifteen dollars for a beer mm -hmm. at a, at a show, they have at least. They have the tall cans of Dale's Pale Ale. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm talking <laughs> you know, about. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. All right. While we enjoy this, uh, I'm going to shift into um, bourbon here. Um, I like bourbon. Uh, the uh, this actually comes from uh, an article from Yahoo Finance, but it originally appeared somewhere else. I'll get to where that is uh, uh, momentarily, but. Uh, this is about different categories of whiskey and the best in uh, uh, bourbon, rather, the best in each category in 2022, according to uh, this article. Uh, and whiskey, of course, um, uh, or bourbon, rather, has the five commandments of bourbon, the five things that have to be true for the beverage for in question to actually bourbon be, to be bourbon. a bourbon. Right. It's, it must be aged at least two years uh -huh. in charred white oak barrels. It must contain 51% mash. In-barrel liquid must not exceed 125 proof. And it must be bottled at at least 80 proof. Mm -hmm. Okay, so those are the four uh, four of the five uh, commandments of bourbon. So uh, let's get into what they actually liked and recommended uh, for their faves. And what's going to be interesting here is we're going to do... These are the 10 best bourbons to try. I thought they had it by category, but it's just the 10 best. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to page down to number 10, and we're going to start there, okay? Number 10, coming in at $30.49 a bottle, All right. is Maker's Mark 46. That's a good which bottle. Which I happen to really That's like. Really I've got a little bit left of a bottle of that, 
at my house, and it's one of those I keep every time I go to oh, should I have? Oh no, I want to. Ha- I want to have that in the bar. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to. I don't want the first time it. I ever tried that. Uh, I, I don't remember why, but uh, my wife was going to um, Specs, and she's like, "Do you want me to pick you up anything?" I was like, "Pick me up a decent bourbon." Mm-hmm. She's like, "What do you want?" I was like, "I don't know. Pick me up something." She came home with that, and I was very, very happy with it. It has been on the market for almost twelve years now, and uh, even though it's overshadowed by their more traditional uh, bourbon. This one's better. It really is. Oh, no, I think that's an up-and-coming. Like, yeah. I think people are starting to recognize that. At number nine on the list is Oak and <clears throat> Eden in-bottle finished. I think I may have seen this, but I'm not really familiar with it. I've I don't tried think it. I have, uh, have, have drank I've it. tried what it. Do you, it's nice. you like it? I, I yeah. like the Makers better than I like the Oak and Eden. Uh, it is uh, finished with a Cabernet-infused French oak spire, making it the only brand on the market that's finished in-bottle versus using another oak barrel. So that's why it's called in-bottle finished. At number eight, uh, Uncle Nearest, 1884 Small Batch Whiskey. Uh, and it comes with a couple of uh, Waterford double old-fashioned glasses. Never had uh, that. It's $114.99 for this Uncle Nearest. Uh, but it's the most recent award-winning whiskey to come from this uh, particular mm. distiller in Tennessee. Uh, joining their already award-winning Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey lineup of 1820 and uh, 1856. So these are ultra-premium whiskeys, and they're winning lots of awards. So this is something that might want to go on our you know, yeah. must-taste list. Uh, number seven, Brothers Bond, original cask strength. Have you had any Brothers Bond, sir? No, I haven't. It's a four-grain bourbon distilled in one of the oldest distilleries in the U.S., located out of Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Uh, and it is a limited release of 70 of the finest Brothers Bond bourbon barrels, uh, and it offers connoisseurs an ultra-premium drink with a higher ABV. Broken down, um, it's 65% corn, 22% rye, with wheat and barley making up the rest. It is $79.99 for a bottle, and the ABV is 57.9%. Mm. So there you go. Um Number six, I have not had, nor have I seen this, uh, uh, Fry Ranch, F-R-E-Y, like Glen Fry. Fry Ranch, straight bourbon whiskey. Uh, it's sourced from the award-winning Fry Ranch distillery out of Fallon, Nevada, and one of only a few whiskey producers in the world to grow 100% of its grains on site. Mm. So that's, well, you talk about farm to table. Yeah, right. Yeah, farm <clears throat> To the next room. Table. That's right. <laughs> you know, that's, that's how that is. But uh, they're just each of the uh, Sierra Nevada mountain range on uh, 1,500 acres in northern Nevada, the Fry Ranch Distillery. And uh, the family that owns and maintains the land and distillery come from a long line of Nevada farmers over 165 years now and counting. And it's a $60 bottle. ABV is 50%. And it comes in at number six on the list. Uh, at number five, Off Hours Bourbon Whiskey. Have you uh, seen or I've never even heard a, of that. a new one to me. Smooth caramel with notes of cinnamon and nutmeg. Off Hours is an excellent whiskey to enjoy straight or mixed with your favorite cocktail. And uh, it made um, uh, Worth is where this list came from. This made their list last year, uh, the best of, list of uh, best whiskeys and bourbons, due to the company's laid-back attitude in regard to the normally stuffy whiskey culture. <laughs> That's what it says. Off Hours still retains that bad boy image, letting their product do all the talking. So uh, that's one I'm going to have to check out. I like I like the look of it here. Forty six ninety nine uh, for the seven hundred and fifty milliliter bottle. The ABV on it is forty seven point five. Uh, Keeper's Heart Irish and Bourbon Whiskey. 
is number four on the list. Fifty three ninety nine. ABV is forty six. I have not seen Keeper's I've Heart, never but it's heard Tale of Two Whiskey. It's a blend of Irish and bourbon without breaking the bank. They say so. It comes from Minnesota based O'Shaughnessy Distilling Company. Birthed from the collaboration, <coughs> excuse me, among a couple of industry heavyweights. Uh, Master distiller Brian Nation and Keeper's Heart liquid collaborator and advisor David Perkins. So again, it's a blend of Irish and Irish whiskey and bourbon, and uh, that just sounds interesting to me. I'd like to try that. Number three, Four Roses small batch select bourbon whiskey. Mm, That's hard to go wrong. It is really tough at sixty four ninety nine suggested retail, fifty two percent ABV. Look, it, it's a brand staple. All around the four the world. roses is good, but that small batch is a mm-hmm. little bit special. Hundred mm-hmm. percent right. Number two on the list, uh, coming in at forty six ninety nine. Cost uh, bespoken spirits, straight bourbon whiskey. Bespoken spirits won a double gold at the New York World Wine and Spirits Competition, and has also been featured in Rolling Stone and Newsweek, giving it some much deserved public recognition. They are a newcomer out of California. Uh, The co-founder holds a PhD in material science, and he ran the company and product distillation out of a garage in Silicon Valley for six years. Nice. Yeah, so so they are definitely a a newcomer. Um, They are, uh, i got to tell you, it looks really good. I mean, you can only tell so much by the visual, but something about it is very inviting. I like what they've done. Number one on their list, uh, and Ian, if you wanted to get me only like one thing, for my birthday this year, just you don't have to get more than just one. This this would do just fine. I'm sure it's the Pappy Van Winkle Family Reserve 20 year old Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, it's 45.2 percent, and the retail price is five thousand one hundred and thirty one dollars. That's the retail price. That's the, that's the MSRP. Uh, it's the 23 year old bur- uh, bourbon uh, that would make the whiskey veteran blush with delight. They say uh, the elixir is d- delicious, storied, and fun. These are the qualities of great bourbon, and Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve carries these in spades. Uh, bottled by the Old Van Ripple Distillery, and is as they say the creme de la creme of beautiful storied bourbons. See, now I don't feel so bad about my favorite tequila, which is the Reserva de la Familia, which is you know. Around one hundred and fifty dollars a bottle now, right? But at least it's not five grand a bottle, yeah. you know. So uh, anyway, that's the list. I thought it was interesting because most of these are very affordable. <coughs> there were only yeah, a couple that were above one hundred. They kicked it off at thirty dollars, right? There were only a couple that were above one hundred bucks, and a lot of them in the thirty to forty dollars. Well, and let's just be brutally honest. You know, we started this show three hundred and something odd episodes ago, um, and even mm. then, the sweet spot for for some good bourbons was in the twenty five to forty dollar like range. The tw- you could get a really good one for twenty eight. The truth yeah. is that is now fifty five yeah. to seven. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. Know, I mean, and the like same things happen with tequila and with starting to happen more with that's rum. Just the range. Although I can really still get good rum under thirty dollars. Yeah, and and you can find some great bourbons under that price point too. Mm. So it's mm-hmm. not to say that they don't exist. It's just that. The sweet spot seems to be like that's where you find like if you spend that much money you're almost always going to get good liquid. I just want to say this Mama's Little Pills, it Mama's goes down yellow quick. Pills, yeah, goes down quick and goes down good. Yeah. That is a good beer. I'm going to have to uh, restock the fridge on that bad boy. All right, let's take a break. We are going to uh, come back. We still have lots to talk about, including best cigars of the year, and it's time to uh, break into our next beer, which is going to be an exciting one. It's the Six Point Brewery Anti Resin. Hazy IPA. We'll do that next. All right. 
Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're show number 310 today, which is just kind of damned exciting, you know, being being this perfectly halfway to 333. Yeah, it's like, it's amazing how we can ride that line so when, well. When we hit 333, we are going to have a party, ladies and it's gentlemen. It's going to be you can, a crazy you can bet on that. All right, so Ian, I know you claimed not to know anything about this, but there is a phenomena out there called dry January. And the whole um, the whole idea of it is that people who, you know, maybe drank a little more than usual during the months of uh, November, December, uh, take take a month off from drinking in january well, and call right. it dry january so let's slow down let's 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 talk about the um logistics of that they drank a little more than usual mm-hmm. during the month of <clears throat> december mm-hmm. then maybe you should drink more usually like <laughs> that way even it out. that way you're not uh, not rising you're not <laughs> rising the level in december uh, well, no, uh, <laughs> well this is once kind of an I, outlier I thing think, it's become more mainstream i think I, i've heard of this concept before but i really i think i've blocked it from my brain you know yeah well this is what's interesting about the whole thing according to a publication called the drinks business there are some doctors who are now arguing that dry january participants might actually end up feeling worse. Oh. Uh, And since no one in the American Craft Beer Office has any inclination of abandoning uh, alcohol in 2023, the article says, uh, we're running with this news. So (laughs) uh, according to Dr. Preeti Daniel from the London Doctors Clinic, the effect of stepping away from your favorite alcoholic beverages varies widely with heavier drinkers experiencing more intense consequences. As your Uh body goes through the withdrawal, from alcohol dependency, he says, you may experience slight dehydration and an inability to sleep soundly through the first few days of the month. Symptoms may also include restlessness, tremors, nausea, sweating, and anxiety. Your liver generally needs four to six weeks of recovery after a period of heavy drinking. Therefore, it may take the whole month to fully experience the health benefits of dry January, such as improved sleeping pattern and more radiant skin. There is um, absolutely no science, Dr. Michael Epstein, a Boston gastroenterologist, says. There is no science to support the idea that dry January is good for your liver. (laughs) So I'm just passing this along. Uh, Well, you know, uh, here's the thing. You know? Here's the thing. All things in moderation. If you drank a little too much, Mm -hmm. then drink a little less. They also say, by the way, that... Those who drink regularly can metabolize more alcohol than those who drink occasionally. Well, so the other problem is, too, is you're talking about people who go from one extreme to the other. Drink, 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 drink. Don't drink. Right. It, it's kind of like uh, a fad diet. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, you know, just. Just, just drink in moderation. Yeah. Just drink in moderation and be safe. You know, we're going to talk about that a little bit on uh, on Drinking News yeah. today. I, so like the 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 concept I get it. You know, there's all, you know, we all have that friend who does the, uh, the, uh, the cleanse mm-hmm, diet, mm-hmm. who yep, does yep. The, the fasts, you know, for a few mm-hmm. weeks, who does, you know, those kind of things. And, and I got to be honest, they don't look any different after a couple of weeks. Um, and every one of them tells me how much better they're feeling. But, you know, uh, that whole two weeks while you were doing that fast or mm-hmm. liquid diet, right, right. You, you were complaining about being hungry. Right. Like, <laughs> You know, so, I mean, like, I I don't know. Well, doctors will tell you that the most effective way to lose weight, for example, is to make lifestyle changes 
not yes. go on a quote unquote diet. Activity changes, activity and changes, dietary changes, changing not, what you eat and how often you eat. Not it. going yep. on a crash diet. Your mm -hmm. body doesn't respond well to extremes. Your body takes a, a substantial amount of time to adjust to almost anything that's happening to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, that's that's just the truth. You don't just immediately, you know, like oh, I'm going to eat less today and tomorrow I will and tomorrow weigh less. I will it doesn't weigh work less. that yeah, way. Exactly. That's you know, and here's right. the thing too: your body gets comfortable with where it's at. So if mm -hmm. you're trying to lose weight um, and you start exercising, your body can learn to maintain that weight with the exercise. Yeah, that's right. You have to actually make some lifestyle changes, like that's you said, what, and, do, and not just crash mm -hmm. and then burn on it. And then, you know, you're back to it. Now, that being said, <clears throat> you know, my diet over the over the holidays was not so good. Mm -hmm. But we get back into it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I love Cigar Snob Magazine, so I'm going to read you some cigars from their top 25 of the year for 2022. Why are you doing that? While you open up that uh, tall, this, skinny uh, can. girly drink can. Yes. <laughs> I say girly drink because it's funny. This is It's so weird that they put it in a... In a seltzer can, yeah, but uh, but here it is, and they were doing this before seltzers they were. were a thing, they were, the and I'm sure that they hate me right now yeah. for saying that. <laughs> uh, at number twenty five, um, we've leveled some hatred or at least severe disappointment at uh, this particular cigar company, uh, but apparently they had one that was good enough for Cigar Snob to uh, put it on their list. It's the Gurkha Nicaragua series, and I admit I would try a Gurkha Nicaragua. I have not had one. So it's weird because Gurkhas are made in so many different places. Right, right. And depending on the series that you get, like that Signature Series, that uh, Reserve Series, mm -hmm. is really good. And they're great cigars and they stay together well. But the problem is, like, it's always it's always a, a crapshoot, like, <laughs> when right. you buy a Gurkha. A hundred percent. Yeah, I know. I get it. Um, at number 24 on the list... Is uh, it's a cigar made by Hoya de Nicaragua in Nicaragua. It's the Fratello Harlequin. I suppose I think I think they're getting it like Harlequin or Harlequin, uh, uh, but it's Harlequin. Uh, so and this I'm not is, familiar uh, with that particular one. I know the original Fratello that came mm -hmm. out what five years six years ago, mm -hmm. right? It was okay. Yes, this one was good enough that it. Uh, uh, became Fratello's first appearance in Cigar Snob's annual ranking of the best uh, cigars. And this blend, they say, is much uh, more than deserving. Combination of pepper, roasted nuts, and cocoa, balanced by a rich, sweet creaminess in the background. They are box-pressed Toros, and they're made at the Hoya de Nicaragua uh, factory in Esteli. Um, at number 23, the Tetuaje Black Label, made at the My Father Cigars oh, factory Tetuaje. in uh, Nicaragua. Yeah. Uh, it's a petite lancero. Uh, it uh, retails for eight dollars and fifty cents, and it comes in at twenty-three. The flat—I'm sorry, not flat—the Fiat Lux by uh, Luciano. I have not even seen this cigar. I have not had one, but it's a Nicaraguan cigar with an Ecuadorian wrapper, and um, it's number twenty-two on the list. At number twenty-one, the Cavalier Genève White Series. Geneva, Cavalier Virginia. Geneva. Geneva. It's not Geneva? Geneva. Geneva. Thank you for Cavalier correcting Cavalier Geneva. Uh, have you had one of these? Yes. And it's, it's a, uh, 
a pretty good looking cigar. It's got that little gold leaf. Uh, that's thing. smokable gold. Yeah, that's that, very that's cool. actually uh, food grade gold that they put on there. Very cool. Arturo Fuente Magnum R comes in at number twenty. It's a Dominican cigar with an Ecuadorian wrapper. Uh, it is a um, you know it's a very traditional looking Fuente, and it comes in at number twenty on the list. At nineteen, the Ilusone CG4 Maduro. Um, this is a ten dollar cigar. And it is um, well. I, I like their cigars. And Elisione makes great cigars. Yeah. Uh, I, I, as a matter of fact, I just revisited one of the uh, MJ twelves, uh, the MJ twelve mm-hmm. Maduro, uh, last Good week. Stuff, and, yeah. man, it's great. Love those. At eighteen is the Crowned Heads Court Reserve Serie E. At seventeen is the Florida Sun Grown Twenty Acre Farm. I've not had this one. Have you? I haven't either. Uh, it is made by uh, Drew Estate in Nicaragua, uh, or it's at least made at their, I at think their factory. We, we read about it at one point in time. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to pause you and talk about this beer for mm-hmm. a second. Please do. This is a weird beer. Yeah? What makes you say? <laughs> because this is, well, they, they call the it. Because the can is weird? <laughs> they call it a hazy I, IPA. Yeah, I'm not sure what I, IPA means. Um, but it's definitely two I's, hazy I, IPA. Um so this comes across like at, at the beginning of the sip, like full on, juicy, hazy, ridiculous, and then it almost just ghosts the palate. That goes away. Like it's just gone. Mm-hmm. It's like whoosh, like that puff of smoke when Scooby Doo takes off, you know, <laughs> and then it just dissipates. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> it's, it's bizarre. It leaves a little bit of a uh, finish. It leaves a little bit of a. Somewhere between a malty sweetness and a slight dankness to it, but man, it's pretty good. Yeah, it really is good. I, I know what you mean because it it doesn't behave like a typical hazy, but it really is good. That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, let's, let's go uh, on with the list, and then I'll read more of this uh, uh, after we get at number sixteen. Um, the HVC Selection Number One. Yes, I, I like HVC, but I have to admit when I see because they're the ones. Their band is like a red band with the big letters HVC on it. Yeah, and my brain always reads HVAC, like uh, air <laughs> conditioning. The HVAC. Right? Yeah, <laughs> air conditioning. But uh, that's not what it's about. Uh, that came in at number sixteen, and so now let's take a look at the uh, at fifteen through five. So uh, I was I was corrected here. The IPA is apparently in Imperial India Pale Ale. I, I'm oh, bad gotcha. At acronyms. So this must be a higher ABV then. Oh, buddy, is it? Yeah, how high? <laughs> Nine point one. I should have realized. No wonder it's so good. At fifteen, the Placentia Alma del Fuego. That's a good uh, one uh, from Placentia Cigars in Nicaragua. At number fourteen. La Aroma de Cuba, Mi Amor. And I have uh, had and yeah. reviewed this one on the show in the last year, and it is fantastic. At number 13, the Aladino Classic. Aladino Classic is fantastic. It's just a great cigar, isn't it? $8.60. You know, when uh, when Usto was in town the last time, he laid a couple of those on me, and mm-hmm. it was like that was good smoking. Number 12, the Rocky Patel ALR, second edition. Um, it is. Uh, uh, a Mexican San Andreas wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and filler. And ALR, of course, stands for uh, Aged, Limited, and Rare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And that's number 12 on the list. Number 11, this was on Cigar Aficionado's list as well, the Davidoff Nicaragua Box Pressed. It's a $20.30 cigar. So it may be good, but man, if I can get the ALR, so, the ALR Rocky Patel second edition I did edition a review on the Davidoff uh, Nicaragua yeah. two years ago, maybe? Yeah, Something yeah. like that. Do you remember it's what you said? a damn good cigar. You I remember what actually, you said for uh, a price to quality? I could look it up pretty quick. Let's see. All right, while you look that up, let me tell you what number 10 is on the list. It's the Aganorsa Leaf Anniversario Corojo. Uh, that is a good cigar. I've had that. Uh, at number nine, the Espinosa Knuckle Sandwich Habano. Made, by the way. At the A.J. Fernandez San Lotano factory in uh, Nicaragua. Uh, so I gave it a six. Wow. At that price. That's huge. I don't. Oh, it was $14. Okay. It uh, apparently has gone up. I put $14 right on the top of this. Mm -hmm. So apparently it's gone up substantially since then. Mm -hmm. At $14, I gave it a six. So apparently it's it's uh, now hitting. Apparently, apparently no. they heard your review and thought, we could charge 20 bucks for this. Damn it, man. <laughs> Uh, number eight on the list, the Muestra de Saca Unstolen Valor. Uh, I am not at all familiar with this uh, cigar. It is an almost $20 cigar, but it looks uh, very interesting. It's uh, The whole cigar is naked except for a band at the foot, kind yeah, of like yeah. the Rocky Patel Edge uh, type thing. And it just says Unstolen Valor. Very interesting. Uh, at number seven, the Oscar Valadera's 10th anniversary. Um, an $18 cigar that is... Uh, Absolutely delicious looking. I, I haven't have tried say. that. Uh, you know what? Uh, I think uh, I was talking to a friend that told me that that was out, mm -hmm. and uh, and I haven't tried that yet. But I love the Oscar Valdez stuff, man. At number six, I think we agree with this uh, having a position on the list, and I was surprised it didn't make it on the cigar aficionado list. Uh, the Oliva Serie V 135th Anniversary Edition Limitada. That is just there's a something fine about that shape. cigar. Yeah. There's something about that shape that just brings that cigar to no life. No question. And the cigar is great to begin with, but that particular shape is just amazing. It absolutely is, and and I'm I'm a, a huge fan of the Oliva Series V's anyway. Yeah. So once you get to that, it's just like all all wonderfulness from there. Um. All right. So we're into the top five. Uh. At number five, my father, La Antigüedad. Yep. Uh, the uh, $8.70 cigar. Um, my father, just this guy's yeah, on fire. Great. They're just on fire. At number four, AJ Fernandez, Bellas Artes Maduro. <laughs> I know is, you hate that one. <clears throat> excuse me. This is a regular cigar for me. This yeah. is one of my ongoing absolute favorites. I yeah. absolutely love it. It's absolutely wonderful. At number three, the H. Upman Nicaragua by AJ Fernandez. Great. Is the Hoyo Black on there as well? Uh, I I have not seen it so far, so I don't know that. Because I gotta tell you, so there's there's those two cigars, mm -hmm. and then the third one to create that trifecta is that Hoyo Black yeah. by AJ. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. is like I just I love that cigar. At number two, the Padron 1926 Serie Natural. Yeah, or Natural. Yeah, man. Uh, oh, that whole 1926 series. And number one. Foundation Cigars Olmec Maduro. I have not had this uh, cigar, Ian, but I am going to go either. looking for it immediately because it was manufactured by Tabacalera AJ Fernandez in Nicaragua. <laughs> of course, so it was. AJ pulling what three of the top five? Wow, man, that guy that's is pretty amazing. amazing. Yeah, but that's how that's how hot he has been as a blender. So. Yeah. Uh, all right, 
We will take a break. This is this that was is not a also re- a flash in the pan with him. No. That's been going on for a few years yes, now. Yes, and and continues, by the way. Another thing I'm impressed with him, because I've been smoking his cigars for a while now, consistency is just uh, is just 100%. So, all right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. I'm loving this hazy IPA in the strange tall can, the anti-resin. We'll have to get some more of this. I'm actually probably going to buy some of this. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is the program called Smoking and Toastin'. We are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Ian, uh, things have moved back and forth on U.S. relations with Cuba over the past decade or so. Uh, We made some progress, and then uh, that progress, some of it was pulled back. Um, But now the uh, Biden administration has opened up the processing of visas and reopened the embassy consulate in Cuba. Now, this doesn't affect us with, you know, cigars or anything like that directly at this moment. But what it indicates is a thawing of the relationship between the United States and Cuba and could, in fact, mean that it would lead to easier access. What this basically does is people who... Uh, want to apply from Cuba to leave Cuba to come to the U.S. It's now easier for them to do that. Is what this right. with this embassy open? But and I think we may need. Yeah, there we go. Um, so so it's it's not something that's going to impact your or my ability to get Cuban cigars anytime right. soon. But these are the type of things that generally precede an overall thawing in relations that could open up uh, things like that. So that said, I'm not sure how many Cubans I'll even smoke once. They are readily available if that happens. Now, I laid a Cuban cigar on you. You uh, did. It's in my humidor. I have not oh, you smoked haven't it tried yet. It yet? Yeah, I, I, have I not recommend it yet. that you find a good excuse for okay. that. Uh, yeah. You so, said it was uh, quite good. Here's the thing. Cubans make great cigars. Mm-hmm. They do. But they also make crappy cigars. Right. Like, And that's just the truth. Mm-hmm. And then there's an entire industry that is fake Cubans. Right. Like, that um, are not. Honestly, I had a buddy of mine sent me. Half a box of Cuban Cohiba Robustos 25 years ago. They were some of the best cigars I've ever yeah. smoked. I mean, they were just spot on amazing. There's an earthy uh, quality. Like, you can kind of tell when you get a Nicaraguan cigar versus mm-hmm. a Honduran cigar mm-hmm. versus a Dominican cigar. You kind of flavor profile wise. There's an earthy quality that a true, uh, that mm. a true, uh, Cuban cigar mm-hmm. has that just it's it's you can't fake it's an earthy nutty thing that they there, have. There are it's other so cigars good. that I've had, Nicaraguan cigars, um, Honduran cigars that come close. Mm-hmm. But I know what you're talking about. And by the way, I've also had plenty of Cuban cigars that I thought were just they were okay. Like I like yeah. I like some of my Nicaraguan cigars better. But in this case, anyway, uh, the opening the normalizing of relations. Can only be a positive thing uh, for cigar smokers, at, at least. I don't. I don't want to no. wade into the politics of it, but it does seem like it's been an awful long time. I've had. I've had. Yeah, and I, and I would love to get, like, just for the cigar industry, I'd love to get. Because imagine what happens if the relations got better. Some miraculous thing happens, and relations mm-hmm. got better. Uh, imagine what that means for the cigar industry. So first sure. off. 
the name the name game is going to be crazy mm-hmm. because there's so many Cuban cigar names like Cohiba, like Punch, like uh, all those that were you know originally. The, the, yeah, H. Upman. Yeah, H. Uh, Upman. Sorry, I mm-hmm. said Punch, but well, H. Upman. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> H. Upman's what I was thinking, but um, <clears throat> but there's a lot of those companies that are going to now have a naming crisis because right. You know, if they're available, and yeah, that's going to be tough. The other thing is to imagine this. Look at guys uh, that are doing amazing blending. A.J. Fernandez, mm-hmm. Carrillo, those sure, guys, yeah. all that. Um, and now they could have some of that available to them. Some of that Cuban that tobacco. That flavor yeah, yeah. available to them Think as about an ingredient. That. That, that like fantastic. That's, and that's the beautiful side of what could happen, mm-hmm. you know, like right. just seeing how the- now if you look at like a Rocky Patel, for example, you've got different cigars using tobacco from different co- countries yeah. being combined into one cigar. Three country cigars for, yeah. can be so uh, beautiful, like so mm-hmm. nice. Burros are great. But when you get a Cuban, that's a Cuban puro, you know. It's, right. it's, it's very but think much... about some of that Cuban tobacco mixed in with a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper and a uh, uh, yeah. some Nicaraguan tobacco for the binder. Like just, the just think about the possibilities there. And you know, the Cuban seed thing, I get that, but it's still not the Cuban earth. And there's there's a terroir side sure. of it that Absolutely. just is. So, like my thought is, if we ever get to that point, that that would be the true beauty of the situation is to have that not just be able to get Cuban cigars. But to be able to use that as an ingredient, mm-hmm. because Love let's, that idea. let's face it, you go get your average Cuban cigar. Is that going to be better than a lot of things that Fuente does? Probably not. Or a lot of things that A.J. Fernandez does. You right. know, there's a lot of Cuban cigars that are simply meh. You know, I don't even have that much experience with them. And I already have a few favorites. And I will mm-hmm. tell you the one I gave you the other day. It's one of your favorites. It's top I'll, of the I'm list. So the Partaga Serie D, yeah. uh, that number number two Serie D. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's amazing. Like, that's there's some really, truly amazing cigars. And those weren't even, that, that Partagas isn't even, like, terribly expensive if you mm-hmm. can find it. Um, but I've had, like, uh, uh, Cuban Cohibas, and they're fine. Yeah. But then again... I can get cigars that I like as much for less. Right, exactly. And that's so the it's, thing. it's a little tough. The that's price the tag, too, right. is a thing. And so I, I'm wondering if the normalization of relations would have a positive impact on price. In other words, if it could cause it to go down, mm-hmm. if it's not such a rarity. Well, and then on know? top of that, you got a whole industry of uh, phonies that's going to start to sure. die a yeah. little bit. You know? Of course. So, Ian, I see you have uh, already begun your research. Into I have been doing I've been on a, a stringent uh, bit of research here while you've been. Tell me, uh, tell me what you're coming up with. This is, by the way, we had to, the last whiskey we had on the show was Little Book, which was done by a Booker uh, No. This is also a Booker No uh, yes. project. And uh, tell me your tell me your thoughts uh, on basil so. Toast. So first off, the water, the water in this is minerally and and crispy and clean. There the, is something uh, in the water. There is uh, the marshmallow mm-hmm. undertone mm-hmm. in this is amazing, and you know marshmallow is one of those things that I don't always pick up on as not as much. Uh, mm-hmm. They said toasted wood vanilla uh, and sweet caramel. All those things are true, but there's a marshmallowy undertone to this. It's really, really there. Especially crafted uh, new toast. Uh, yeah, especially crafted new toast charred oak. Barrels impart a unique flavor to this Kentucky Street Bourbon Whiskey, revealing uh, layers and notes of toasted wood and sweet caramel. 
always with the subtle complexity for which uh, Basil Hayden is known for. I think Basil Hayden itself has kind of a marshmallow note anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, like they keep saying the sweet caramel, and the sweet caramel is there, but the marshmallow is just big to me. Yeah, I'm then, getting the marshmallow for sure. Um, there's also a hint, like especially in the... Um, especially in the retro hair, there's almost... Almost a kiss of bubblegum going on there. Mm, I know what you're saying. That, um, like, in the best possible way. And I'm, mm-hmm. I want to say kiss of bubblegum. Like, anytime I refer to that, I'm talking about that cheap, chalky stick that you get in your, in your, With your uh, baseball, baseball cards. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, that is the bubblegum flavor. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. And then there's there's uh, some other things going on in there as well that are really nice. It's not as sweet as you would expect. No, and, and bourbons have a tendency to be sweeter, but mm-hmm. this is not this, a very sweet bourbon. This has a little more dryness to the finish, too. I'm really enjoying it. It has a, a re-drinkability, I think, to it. That, I'm kind of digging this. Yeah, it's good. This really is, is this is this is one of those bottles that, yeah, you definitely want on the shelf. Yeah. It wasn't super expensive. I want to say it was 45 yeah, it's like one bump uh, above the regular mm-hmm. Basil Hayden. I mm-hmm. thought it would be closer to fifty, but maybe. I mean, it's, and it looks remember. great too. Look yeah, at it bottle. is a great looking bottle. You're absolutely right. I love the way they put that uh, metal band around. Yeah. There. So while we're on the subject of uh, of whiskeys, the uh, are you familiar with Whiskey Raiders? Great website. If you're no, a whiskey, I've never heard of that one. If you're a whiskey fan, this is. This is as good for whiskey as, say, liquor.com is for just spirits in general. These guys really seem to know their stuff. And they um, did a list of their favorites for the year for 2022, which they say, by the way, was a fantastic year for whiskey. We want to make sure the producers who put out delightful releases over the course of the year get their due, they say. And thus, they introduced the 2022 Best Whiskey Awards by Whiskey Raiders, in which they give credit to the best brands of whiskeys of the year. Best new brand. These are kind of categorized. Okay. Best new brand, and I am not familiar with this, but I'm excited. Uh, Blue Run Spirits. <clears throat> they say they officially launched in 2020, but they truly burst onto the whiskey scene in a major way in 2022. And uh, the Whiskey Raiders guys tried it for the first time in 2022. Um, they said the release that sold them on Blue Run this year was batch one of its high rye bourbon. Uh, so that might be something to keep an eye out right. for. Best craft producer, Borden, Indiana's Starlight Distillery. They say it's a true comeback story. I believe I've seen that before. And, I don't think uh, I've tried it, but I've, I think I feel like I've seen that before. Yeah, uh, it looks real interesting. I love the uh, love the look of it. Starlight Distillery, love the name too. Best bourbon, Heaven Hill Heritage Collection, seventeen year. Mm, I, don't, I haven't tried that. I don't think we've tried the 17 year, but Heaven Hill. Yeah. Man, Heaven Hill could do no wrong when it comes to well, whiskey right now. This one retails for just under $300. Of so course. this is one of the more expensive ones, but uh, they say it's worth the price tag and features an enticing fruit forward nose and a sweet, rich, rich, decadent, and viscous palate and a spicy finish. So sounds pretty good to me. Uh, best rye Michter's Barrel Strength Rye. They said they found this year's Michter's Barrel Strength Rye to be exceptional. It can be tough to track down, but if you can find it and are willing to pay the premium price, suggested retails $100. Um, <clears throat> it's reliably great every year. Okay. Yeah, Michter's is pretty solid. Um, the best finished whiskey? 
Whistlepig, Boss Hog, uh, what is this, Nine, Siren Song. It's real hard to go wrong with that. Takes takes me a moment to decipher and, Roman numerals, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> any of the Boss Hog stuff. They say this was the most experimental whiskey of 2022 and that Whistlepig actually nailed it. Uh, they give the right whiskey a double finish and cast of Greek fig nectar and farm scratch Farm Scratch Tentura, a Greek liqueur. Both finishes were created by Whistlepig on the Vermont farm using Greek and local ingredients. The Tentura was made from cinnamon, clove, nutmeg, orange peel, and honey. It is a hyper-premium whiskey priced at $600, uh-huh. but damn is it good, oh, they said. Oh, man, say. I bet. So, yeah, without a doubt, the most interesting whiskey they tasted in 2022. And while it may not be for everyone, they say, it is an absolute success. Best Scotch whiskey. Glendron- I like Scotch. Glendronic, 29-year single cast, 1992. <laughs> number I'm 217. Sure that's not expensive. Oloroso Sherry Butt. Uh. Uh, the, well, I'm sure it's not either because they only made 383 bottles of it total. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it's nice and cheap. My yeah. wife went out and got me, uh, when we first started dating, she noticed I like Scotch. And I know that's hard to tell mm-hmm. at first glance you know um <laughs> but she went out and spent money uh at the time especially in a rate outrageous amount of money and the guy at specs uh told her that this bottle was special and gave her a bottle of glendronic 17 mm. and man we we brought i brought it on the show it was amazing mm-hmm. uh and um and even brought it in when uh when uh, chris morris was working for glendronic and he mm. was like oh Wow, you have one of those. Like, that's that Glendronic. There's some great expressions from them. Well, this one is uh, priced at $820. Mine was not that much. It's a 29-year whiskey uh, that saw maturation in an Oloroso sherry butt and was bottled at 55.4 ABV with no coloring or or, uh, filtering. Best Irish whiskey. Gold spot nine-year, 135th anniversary. Now, all of the spot whiskeys that I've tried have been really, really good. Yeah, I've tried the green yeah. spot, the red spot. Uh, have we tried the gold spot? I think I we think tried we, the gold spot, didn't I, I don't we? remember. I don't remember. But uh, is there different versions of the same spot? Um, I wonder. Well, it's matured in a blend of bourbon barrels, sherry butts, Bordeaux wine casks, and port pipes. Um, I I think I think they're all, all different. I don't think it's just aging. I think they're, I think they're all different. No. In terms of what they were aged in. No, are you talking about the different colors? What I was wondering is like if there's different ages of the gold spot. Oh, I see what you're and saying. Different I like different versions yeah. of each spot. So well, this speak. one is a nine year, so yeah. could know. be. But any of the spot ones I've tried have been amazing. Mm-hmm. So that is the end of the list. Uh, but all those I thought were very interesting. And give us some good whiskeys to be on the lookout for. Because I think that's uh I'm just really enjoying this toast. Like I, 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 I kind of got drawn away from what I was saying, just savoring the uh, the I was, flavor. Of I was this. a little confused, by the way, when I started pouring this bottle because I noticed that the plastic around the top was gone, but the neck wasn't totally clear. Yes. Well, the the uh, yeah, I was able to put in a partial safety uh, uh, protocol. Gotcha, but I didn't get the whole way. 
Understood. So yeah, so I had not had an opportunity to so, taste this. So as a, as a result, you see there is actual there, there spillage was some here. spillage. So what this tells me <laughs> is that the whole clearing the neck Your thing process is, is is a good thing. It, it Your actually process works. is solid, man. All right, I like it. <laughs> All right, uh, this is a solid whiskey too. Solid it's bourbon. Um, I mean, this is it's kind of mellow in a wonderful way. It's got a little bit of. Um, it's got that, that oak uh, kind of astringent finish on it mm-hmm. is real kind of pleasant. Yes. It also has this uh, whiskey hug that is such a gentle. Very gentle. It's yeah. very gentle and it just barely comes present. back and yeah. slips its arms yeah. around you. It's not like a. Rah. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, it's going to be drinking news time. And that's very exciting. And then I'll tell you what else is very exciting. We're going to be trying this Whiskey Butte Porter. I can't From wait. Deschutes Brewery. And I'm really, as great as this whiskey is, I'm now totally in the mood for the Whiskey <laughs> yeah. Butte Porter. We'll be right back. It's Smoking and Toasting. That's small. Expectations and Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And speaking of fine spirits, just want to mm, echo, the more of this I've had, the better I've liked it. You <laughs> know, it's just a, uh, just a really, really good uh, uh, bourbon. So, Basil Hayden, toast. And that's just what it says right there, toast. And then you got the uh, fancy, uh, it's a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. And it is, oh, well, it's artfully aged. So, now that I know that, artfully I understand aged. why it's good. Because it's artfully aged. That's a, that's a word that someone came up with. And they're like, well, all right. it doesn't mean anything. Before but. you open that beer, sir, I'm going to have to ask you to pick up your instrument. Oh, we're going there. Because it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for the most popular segment on this program, which isn't saying much, but it is, in fact, the most popular segment on this program. It's time for Drinking News. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for Drinking News. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a stranger. Stranger? He had a stranger Where for a my pet? Brain. A Florida <laughs> man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh. I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Where apparently, cheers, y'all. The lyrics can change at any time. Yeah, you never know when that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, speaking of, uh, you know, the unknown here, drinking news. Uh, we've been accused before of promoting drinking, which is not true, or at least it's only partially. True. It's only partially true. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, we do in fact promote responsible drinking. And if you fail to take our advice, there's always a chance that you will become the subject of one of our stories. No, that's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you live in Florida, those chances increase exponentially. Of course, it's not always in Florida, as we shall soon see. But after doing this for a while, I can tell you that there's something in the water in the Sunshine State, and it's not just alligators. But that's not important There's right now. There's also manatees. Yeah. That's not important right now. Today we want to help you with some signs that you can watch for that can help you understand and know that you may not be drinking responsibly. For example, 
you're listening to music, and on comes a song by Cardi B. The, and you don't change the channel? The beat's kind of catchy, and you find yourself thinking, you know what? She's kind of talented. Oh. Guess what? You may not be drinking responsibly. Or you find yourself in Vegas. You might be from Florida. You find yourself in Vegas. It's at the beginning I of football season. I have actually found season. myself in Vegas. Yeah, I know. There are many songs <laughs> that start that way and a couple of novels. Let's say you find yourself in Vegas at the beginning of football season. And you make the decision to take all of the money out of your bank account and bet it on the Houston Texans to win the next Super Bowl. You may not be drinking responsibly. <laughs> and yes, I know that I now have to send a check to the NFL because I said the S word oh, on yeah. the show. My bad. And perhaps most importantly, at least for the purpose of our show, if you've been drinking and you find yourself suddenly aware that you really need to go number two and you're in, let's say, a parking lot and the vehicle you're closest to has a bumper that your brain tells you is not actually a bumper, but is really a commode, you may not be drinking responsibly. This happened on a camping trip. Uh, we had explained yeah, to a yeah. friend of ours that you can't actually do that in the campsite. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what is it about drunk people, though, and pooping on bumpers? Uh, we just know. did a story a couple of weeks ago about a woman who popped a squat on a police car bumper. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? Well, a Michigan man. No, hold on. Hold on. That, 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 begs the, that begs the question, too. How do you just poop on demand? I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. A Michigan man parked his PT Cruiser last month at the entrance to the Gordneck State Game Area in Kalamazoo County, and conservation officers decided to investigate. The man in the vehicle said he parked there to listen to the owls and that he wanted to just be left alone. I want to listen to the owls sing. But the conservation officers noticed an opened tall container of natural ice beer in his cup holder. Natty ice. Natty ice, my friends. Then uh, they asked the man on a scale of 1 to 10 how drunk he was. And the man responded with, yeah, I'm at a 5. I'll be honest, I'm drunk. That's just according to the police report, right? But it gets better. Or worse, to be more precise. Based on the man's response, the officers began conducting sobriety tests. But partway through the test, the man made and I'm quoting from the report here, made a face of shock, grabbed his rear, dropped his pants to his ankles, and began defecating on the rear bumper of his own PT Cruiser. Which, which, <laughs> it's a PT Cruiser. Which leads me to point out that he may not have been drinking responsibly. He may not have been drinking responsibly when he bought the PT Cruiser. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> and I can say that because I have to actually have owned one. In the past. Uh, so he there, was a Apparently, when you uh, uh, rolled down the back windows and that, mm -hmm. the, the wind buffeting was so mm -hmm. bad. Yeah. That... Uh, uh, when I bought that car, I may not have been drinking responsibly. <laughs> uh, during the blood, uh, he was arrested, brother, and taken to the hospital for a blood draw. And on the way there, the man noticed that. Uh, the uh, officer, uh, Officer Wright, was using the GPS, and, and, and he says to him, Man, I'm the drunk one here, and i got to give you directions on how to take me to jail, you moron. Never, a, never a good idea. Things you should say to cops. <laughs> During the blood draw, the man also mentioned that the nurses were not actually drawing his blood, but instead said, It's all beer. <laughs> not going to lie to you. Pure, natural 
ice. <laughs> the man was booked into the Kalamazoo County Jail pending charges. So remember, my friends, to watch for the signs. If you've had so much to drink that your car's bumper looks like a great place to drop a deuce, you may not be drinking responsibly. If you suddenly feel like it might be a great idea to text your ex to see if you can hook up, you may not be drinking responsibly. And if something you're about to do causes you to utter the immortal words, hold my beer and watch this, you may not be drinking responsibly. Reporting live from Kalamazoo, where I have to point out that if your beverage of choice is natural ice, seriously? My name is Cruz, and that is your <laughs> Drinking News, Drinking News. That's our time for Drinking News. Cheers, y'all. want to thank uh, Ian's brother-in-law, by the way, for sending that story uh, last week. <laughs> you know, and, and I would just say this to any of you. If you've seen any potential Drinking News stories that you think we can use, please Forward them to me one way or another because uh, we're always looking, and they aren't always the easiest thing. Yeah, to find. we've we've you done. Can find plenty of my stories wife of people doing stupid them, stuff. Uh, yeah. My brother-in-law is actually that's, that's not the mm -hmm. first one we've yes, done exactly. from him. Uh, uh, Bruce, we haven't talked about Bruce. Yeah. Well, I miss Bruce. Hi, you, Bruce. Uh, I'm sorry, our show's not live anymore. Bruce, I just need to call you. I'll call yeah. you. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, Bruce has sent stories. We've done stories from tons of people. It's been a lot of fun. So send them in. Yeah, you know, some if, of the, if you don't have my number personally, just send it to the uh, smoking and toasting. Uh, put it on the comments page. Yeah, put it yeah. anywhere. Some of the best uh, drinking news stories I've done, my wife uh, unearthed. Mm -hmm. So uh, we appreciate the help anywhere and anyhow that we can get it. That's for sure. You know what else we appreciate? A good porter. That was a really good one, by the way. It was a good series yeah, of sounds, it was a good right? Series of sounds. Uh, this is the uh, Deschutes Brewery Whiskey Butte Porter. Deschutes so, is out of Bend, Oregon. This is going to be uh, off of their Black Butte Porter. Right, which you've had uh, that before, but you haven't yes, had this. Yes, it's quite good. So I'm very excited about our being I able mean, to try this out. So, yeah, well, let me, let me well, short why, pour why, you why, a little you, less. I appreciate your uh, your uh, tending to that uh, My perspective looking down at it, I didn't mm -hmm. notice that I didn't put as much in there as I should have. Ooh. Ooh it I smells this good. on the nose, doesn't it? Uh, so, so immediately... <clears throat> The bourbony kind of uh, raisiny and date kind of sweetness, and so it's porter aged in whiskey barrels. Uh, live yeast is added to the bottle to this beer uh, to um, bump it up, allow it bit. to age gracefully and stay fresher longer. Keep bottle upright and away from <clears throat> light and heat. So it's a, it's basically a. a, a so this particular beer, what you, what, a gremlin. What do you call the other the the ones that weren't gremlins? Uh -oh. Keep away from light and oh yeah. And so don't you're taking you're, you're taking me back to uh, um, yeah. I, I don't remember. I don't remember what they were <laughs> called when they weren't gremlins. Uh, this was packaged on September thirteenth of two thousand twenty-one. Oh. So it's been in the bottle for a little while. Oh my goodness. Thoughts, sir. Um, so first off. The nose is really good, and the nose would lead you to think that it's very sweet, but it's actually not, it's not super sweet at sweet. all. It's more coffee. It's uh, more coffee bitter in a great and beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's got a nice kind of medium mouthfeel to it as well. Do you get the uh, booziness of it? I don't really. 
What's the ABV on it? That's what I was just looking for. I have not found it yet. I don't get a lot of boozy. I think Black Butte mm -hmm. Porter, I think, is in the 6 to 7% range. Yeah. I don't even see an ABV on this, uh, so it must not be. I would think if it were like 13 or 14, it'd be proudly emblazoned on the label. <laughs> yeah, they'd probably tell you something, right? Uh, it's good, though. It's got it's got a real, almost a coffee porter uh, vibe to it, but you do get oh, a little bit of the bourbon here. It is 9%. Mm. It's on the uh, it's on the um, it. little packaged on label. Oh, you know what? I didn't read it all the way through. I just looked at the uh, date. Yeah, uh, Ian, this is delicious. It's really good. There's a little spice to it, almost like a, a baking spice, or a... yeah, kind of a baking spice kind of thing going on there at the end. Um, uh, it, it lingers kind of on the uh, on the aftertaste. It's really really nice. Uh, I like the coffee bitterness of it. It makes it. Mm pretty awesome beer makes me happy beer is good mm. you sir and basil hayden's not bad either. basil hayden's good matter of fact i want to see how well they go together mm -hmm. that'd be a good thing to check out since i was already um thinking that when we were drinking the whiskey a moment ago so i bet these two actually are going to be pretty nice together. Right, so i've just, just had just had some of the whiskey butte porter oh oh Wow, it mellows it out a little bit. It mellows it out and it brings out that salted caramel, like mm -hmm. big time. Wow, salted caramel and a little butteriness. Yes, mm, that's very super interesting. interesting. Mm. And in the other direction, it makes the beer a little creamier, almost like they put just a little bit of, um, like a little, little bit, bit of cream, cream in, the in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting how that happens. I love uh, combining. But speaking of which, by the way, um, and I was going to mention this earlier when I was uh, talking about my cigar, but I just thought that cigar would go really, really well with a good bourbon like a Heaven Hill or uh, uh, maybe even one like uh, one like this one that we're having. But I'm thinking that this porter, oh, this is just begging for something like a Bella Artez by AJ. Oh. So uh, I believe that when I smoke this cigar there's mm -hmm. gonna be a moment where i think to myself am i going for that barrel pick uh uh buffalo trace that i have that i got for christmas ah, you got a barrel pick buffalo trace for christmas nice yeah uh or do i go for the uh weller 107 that i also got for christmas mm -hmm. <laughs> that's pretty good i believe you got a uh a rum for christmas that i also might go have the well portania 21 yeah that might go well with really that good. yeah it's a good rum um that yeah it's a really good rum uh the uh and i've been drinking what's funny is uh, i forgot about the portania and now it's been on my radar so i've been drinking a little more and i'm trying to like just be back into the rum a little more because i always forget about rum it's not that i don't mm -hmm. love it mm-hmm is that I forget that I have it because I go whiskey. You know, right, I go whiskey yeah, blind. Kind of a uh, whiskey. And, and yeah. not in that kind of way, but, you know. You, you kind of default to the whiskey. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I do default yeah. to whiskey. And then, uh, and then if if I go to the, the rum, then I have to walk. It's got to be at least five steps to the other side of my cabinet. Right, that's five long steps. Where the rum lives, you know. Mm -hmm. So, it's a tough one. I'm a fan of the rum. The rum goes over big at our house. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's my wife's favorite. I mean, she does love a good tequila. Yeah. But I think rum is where she really, really puts it together. That's that's what works for her. So, uh, well, these these are two great tastes that taste great together. 
to yes. use an old These, uh, these are uh, something like a Reese's peanut butter cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although really then works. neither one of them tastes peanut butter. Yeah, not at all. But um, but I, I like this. And this this uh, porter, by the way, comes in four packs. And it's just absolutely delicious. And it's not overly expensive. So I would recommend yeah, you try I it. I will be picking up. There's some things today. I'll, I, that resin, anti-resin. Whoa, I can't believe I spilled that. I caught it on the edge of the... Uh, Microphone stand. I apologize. The anti resin. I will be picking up some definitely. The um, that's good. Basil Hayden. This is. I, I love Basil Hayden anyway. Yeah. So that's really good, good stuff. It's good stuff. All right. I tell you what. Let's take a break. I'm going to clean up my mess. We'll be back to say goodbye. And I can't believe I lost some of this porter. Is there any left in the bottle? Yes, there is, sir. All right. Well, I definitely need more. Let me and go we'll get you right some back. stuff. Hang Smoking on. Smoking a toast. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Justin, our program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, and about big spills. I literally, uh, we cleaned it up during the break, but I, I literally, I was talking in the last segment, and I brought my just cup Just clipped up, it right on the I mic. And I clipped that, and ju- it just tub- tumbled it, and it spilled. It tumbled it? Yes, nice. it tumbled yeah, it. Dude, yes. I've, I've had that happen. I mean, yeah, it's one so, of those things. And everybody uh, who is uh, <laughs> listening to the show or watching right now is like, Cruz is so wasted. Cruz just said tumble. Yeah, I, I said tumble. <laughs> and I liked it. <laughs> uh, okay, so a lot, we've, we've gone through a lot on today's show. I like to think of this as a reality show. It, well, it is pretty much a reality <laughs> show. Yeah. Are you going to vote me off now because well, I spilled you know. my beer? When we get to that moment, like the, we should have those moments in the show where yeah. like, Zhang pulls us off and has like this little interview with us, and we talk about how we're feeling. Right, we just talk about the, <laughs> yeah. you know, Ian really hurt my feelings. <laughs> and that last tasting, yeah, Cruz no, said this. I yeah, just was yeah. <clears throat> that time Ian didn't bring his ukulele. I feel like he wasn't respecting me. <laughs> See, I'd be good on one of those shows, wouldn't I? <laughs> that would yeah. be amazing. Yeah. Uh, well. Uh, Wait till he sees what he's getting for Christmas. Um, <laughs> no, no. Um, but honestly, today's been a really interesting show. I mean, we've covered a lot of different stuff. There's still a lot to get uh, to get over. There's so many lists. Uh, you're we still in lists haven't of done the Texas beer whiskeys. list. Okay, so maybe that'll be um, that'll be an upcoming show. We have next to. week's show though. Uh, we have Lone Pine coming to visit us. And I'm very excited That's about this. That's pretty awesome. Now, well, these you saw, guys... You saw like a month ago we did the, uh, the right, my visit did, to Lone Your Pine. visit did, to Lone yeah, Pine. that was a lot of fun. And if you go back into the, uh, probably in the first the hundred archives. shows, the yeah. archives, we had the Lone Pine guys came out. This was back after I had discovered Lone Pine Yellow Rose So this Rose was not IPA. the brewer. This was apparently, when I talked to him about it, uh, we decided that it was uh, one of their marketing guys mm-hmm. that came out. Right, we have um, uh, Blake uh, Niederhofer will be joining us next. Yeah, week. he's so fun, man. I, that's so, that's what I did the interview with. Okay, he was so a lot of fun. He's coming to join us. So we had the distiller come in way back in the within the first hundred shows of. And if you remember, Ian, we did the show at the New Potato, at the Irish Bar, of the New Potato, and he came out and brought all kinds of stuff. And I remember I had made such a big deal. Out of how I thought their Lone Pint Yellow Rose IPA was the best IPA I've yes. ever had. And I'm an IPA yes. guy. So if I'm telling you that, I'm like, this is the best IPA from a guy that loves IPAs. Yes. And they showed up and they didn't bring They didn't bring, they the didn't bring it. That we named the show. Well, that's that. what I'm saying, Blake. So Blake is the is the uh is 
the brewmeister there. So he he's we right, was well. talking about that, and he neither one of us could remember the guy's name, but it wasn't him, and it wasn't uh, mm -hmm. so it was, it was a marketing guy that came in and did that, mm -hmm. and then. He brought a uh, he brought some growlers or mm -hmm. uh, of beer and one of them he poured for us, and he was totally so testing great. us. Right, one of them he poured yeah. for us, and we're like, okay. Um, I don't well, like this as much as the other one. I th <laughs> the, yeah, I don't like it either. We're trying to be kind to you. It's like, yeah, this one didn't turn out too good. Now they're like, oh, they're totally testing us here <laughs> to see if we'd blow smoke up his ass, you know? Um, but, you know, they've come out with some really exceptional. Uh, I've had, I don't think we brought it on the show, but I've had the double yellow rose. No. And it's good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really good. So, yeah, there's so, there's, I'm sure going to be a lot to talk about. They've they've come out with some, and what I love about those guys, even so even though Yellow Rose is, I think a fairly traditional IPA, it's just that they got it better oh, than no, most nailed people do. it. Right, right. Like, but almost every other beer in their lineup is so not traditional at all. It's like a, a really experimental man, or different. So or, it's funny because some of their core line is closer. Like Gentleman's Relish is a mm -hmm. great brown ale, but here's mm -hmm. the weird thing about that. Nobody's making brown ales anymore. Right, they're just and not I a thing. And I love their brown ale. It's and I love so their brown good. ale on Nitro is great. Mm -hmm. um, and then they always have to be left of center. I'm sure we'll get into this, but like the weird bottles at first that they mm -hmm. were doing, and then when they finally went to cans, now they have to have the weird the weird six pack holder. holder. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I love it. I, I love, love how it. crazy they are. They're, they're just great. I love people that do it differently, yeah. and these guys do it differently. They're out of Magnolia, Texas, which is um, a little outside of Houston. Is a, a good it's about way. forty minutes from here. Yeah, yeah. from so, where we're sitting right now, probably right at forty minutes to get to the brewery. Yeah, uh, with without much traffic, and oddly enough, two ninety doesn't have a whole lot of traffic. So you get mostly in a two forty nine is not too bad. But anyway, um, and they're right in the middle of Magnolia. Yeah. Which is, which is right next to the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's a great little town, though. <laughs> it really is, and, and, and such a great little brewery. One of the things that I'm finding very interesting, at least in Texas, there are so many breweries that have located in small towns that are adjacent maybe to you know you look at uh texas hill country like fredericksburg and blanco where yeah. you've got uh these interesting breweries uh and it, like as many breweries as there are in austin some of the more interesting austin area breweries are actually just a just little outside, outside yeah. of austin uh, there's, there's probably tax reasons for that uh, it could uh, be i'm gonna say because as soon as you get out uh, like uh, houston is in harris county and so as soon as you start getting outside of harris county uh, I'm sure there are very, very different tax levels and things mm -hmm. like that. But I mean, honestly, I think I think uh, some of these some of these breweries are they're just like you know what this is where we grew up, right? This, this is, is our hometown. Where, this is our hometown. Let's yeah. put it on the map if we can. You know, very spring. I think that's cool too. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I got to tell you, one of the things that now I'm gonna have that song stuck in my head. My yeah, see, I knew I do that to you. <laughs> that's why I did it. Uh, so what's interesting to me though is. Um, when you're seeing, uh, I think the biggest trend in 2022 among uh, breweries and among uh, distilleries is the micro trend. In other words, it's the smaller guys doing smaller batches and very true to their local pocket of community. Yeah. And I think you're going to see that trend continue. In fact, I wonder if it isn't. I, I love seeing breweries like get this massive distribution, but part of the fun has become 
going to going and exploring to it, yeah. these places that you can't get their beer yeah. at your local Kroger or HEB or even sometimes at Spectra Total Wine. The the places that you got to go there to get it. It's become part of the adventure. And I stopped a little brewery just uh, yesterday mm-hmm. called City Acre, just north of downtown. I don't think I've ever seen any of the beer in Canada, but their beer is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I think of one of the closest breweries to me, which is Equal Parts. Uh, they're great. These guys make such great yeah. and wonderful beers, and they're just right there. Yeah. I could walk to Equal Parts, dude. Equal Parts, their lager beer, oh, is talking about the uh, unbelievable uh, uh, Scout. No, no, you said Equal Parts. That's, oh, sorry, that's about a mile from where you're talking right now. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about True Anomaly, which is True walking Anomaly. distance from your you're house. Right. True Anomaly is walking distance. And Eighth Wonder is right across the street. Yeah. And, and then, Equal Parts is a little further. And then, if you go from there, Equal Parts is another three quarters of a mile, maybe at the most. And all of them are so They're good. They're so good. They're so good. Uh, Equal Parts Lager Beer is amazing. Oh, Lager Eighth, Beer is great. And the Entropic? Yes, and the Entropic Dude, is amazing. That's a great idea. The, uh, the, uh, if you go to Eighth Wonder, uh, the Vietnamese Coffee Stout is. Rocket Fuel? Rocket Fuel is unbelievable and it's so different from anything mm-hmm. you expect and then you come like another two blocks towards your house from there and you're at uh you're at true anomaly and i, love I gotta true be anomaly. honest true anomaly makes good beers true anomaly always has at least a few belgian styles mm-hmm. that are ridiculous abv and have some ridiculous thing about it and <laughs> i freaking love that and, and honestly their pale ale is one of my favorites in the world it's great their mexican so lager mm-hmm. is amazing uh so like yeah i mean you've got you've got it going on right where you live yeah i'm, I'm pretty lucky where I for am. me to get to equal parts i have to drive for at least six minutes <laughs> life's tough total pain life's tough <laughs> <laughs> i just want to say thank you uh so much to you know we're at 310 episodes and not to go into a great bit of detail uh but we have uh, we're pouring more whiskey and i never yeah. liked you anyway <laughs> we have reached an agreement with a um uh with a syndication network called uh uh usa um usa networks out of dallas and usa networks is going to be adding smoke and toasting to their lineup of shows that they make available to radio stations around the country, AM stations, FM stations, whatever, uh, in order for them to fill their uh, weekend programming slots. So as this develops, they've they've made the agreement to do this, but as this develops, uh, this program could be uh, heard soon on broadcast radio around the country, which is something we've been talking about for I'm a long time. I'm pretty excited about that because the yeah. truth is, like, if we were to hit, <clears throat> say, 50 of those markets, mm-hmm. then that means... One out of every, say, 225,000 people that you meet mm-hmm. will know who we are. <laughs> and that one person will be awesome to meet. And I'm, I'm super <laughs> juiced about that, man. Actually, so, no, I, you know, I make a joke about it, but I think it's fun. This this has been, this is so fun, and I'm glad well, to see, like, when, we have our toe in to the next when, level. When you and I go out to, the like, the Houston Whiskey Social, yeah. for example— we inevitably run into someone who says, "Hey, I haven't met you, but I enjoy you know watching or listening to the show. It's very gratifying. It's it like is. someone it is. actually is giving us a piece of their time. Random strangers come up and they're like, "Holy crap, you're that guy!" <laughs> and I'm like, "Holy crap, uh, it wasn't me. 
I mean, no, I'm no. That oh, sorry. That's, that's that's different situation. I'm that guy that spilled his uh, porter all over the uh, studio. You're right. No, uh, no we, but, we, have, yeah. we have so much fun with this. Thank you guys. Well, for... we really do. And thank you guys for supporting us for 310 episodes and getting us to the point where, you know, there's some interest in, in picking this up. As you know, as we've shared with you previously, Smoking and Toasting is among the top 4% of podcasts in the world. And that's simply because... Only about four percent still are going on, basically, and that's that's how we got there. So thank you for supporting us and getting us there, and thanks to Jong, who is uh, on the uh, wheels of steel back behind us. Thanks to Adam in the cloud. Uh, thanks to Mary for putting all of our booking together. We have some great guests coming up for you very soon, and uh, thanks to you, my friend. Thanks to you, I sir. I hope you had a uh, wonderful holiday and happy. New and I Year. hope you're ready for a great 2023, mm. my friends. Thank you from the bottom of our glasses <laughs> we are smoking and toasting peace cheers, out yo. and cheers y'all so good to you